0: Hi you guys, this is (laughs) Bertra. how are you? Alright, so I didn't really want to do this, but then I thought, well, we are all in quarantine anyway, so why not continue with the podcast? So probably I'm going to talk about anything and everything, so just uh, keep and bear in mind that I'm just uh, in my own house for like the past 10 days, so... Perhaps I'm going to be crazy, but I'm going to stay grounded anyway. All right, so I've been in my house, you know, with this mandatory Spanish... Co- um, well, the world have has forced us to stay at home. So this confinement that we are all, you know, forced to follow anyway. Um, I've been there for 10 days. Um, it's weird. I'm not really anxious and I actually like to live on my own without anybody, without having to talk to anybody else. Uh, I like to stay at home, you know, wake up at uh, 9 or 10 depending on my online classes and then I, you know, have breakfast, I'm watching a TV show, preparing a class for the afternoon or for the morning if I have a class in the morning. Um. Then I clean my house, I make my bed, I try to drink as much water as i can and then i clean up a little bit my space um talking a lot on the phone and on skype with my friends and my family like every day i've been like talking to my mom my sister uh some of my friends here and there you know a lot of whatsapp audio a lot of skype conversations a lot of video on skype a lot of yeah contact with my friends And then I haven't worked on the magazine yet because, you know, everything is closed. So at this point, Cool Korea um, has been handled for the March issue. The June is already finished. So right now I'm actually planning the September, the big fall fashion September issue. Hopefully by September we're going to go outside and, you know, live our normal lives again. But I had a, a very interesting conversation yesterday with my mom that i wanted to share with you okay so as you know i'm not a huge conspiracy theory anyway but i'm i'm a firm believer in what may have happened at the beginning so let's say that china well first of all we've been hearing for decades now that the world is overpopulated And where do you think is this overpopulation uh, situated, located? Well, in China. And where has the virus come from? China has also. So in a way, I don't, you know, want to say and point fingers and say that Chinese people are responsible. But it could be that a laboratory in China or someone with really bad intentions actually released this virus. Now, it could also be some natural virus that is also you know in contact with air a lot of animals that are exotic animals that we shouldn't be in contact in the real world anyway but have been because of lack of hygiene in uh asia or in in chinese um country in the in the villages and all those places where they're literally selling and eating those exotic animals like bats and um snakes and pangolin and and dogs even so but i at the same time i don't want to fall down in the horrible you know dark message that donald trump in the u.s are actually trying to send to the world and broadcast which is china is responsible for everything that is happening in the world at this point and it's not true that's why i don't want to either incite people to actually go and be very angry or be very violent against Asian or Chinese people because they're not responsible. And even though they were, well, we're all in this right now. So all humanity has to fight this. Now, I also live in one of the most affected countries in Europe by this virus. So somehow for the people who are actually not affected, who are not in quarantine, who don't well, they haven't been living like this for the past 10 days. I'm I'm having a hard time imagining how they could actually see and continue living while the rest of the world is actually, you know, living with fear of getting out of their house or they actually can't leave their house because the virus is everywhere. Um. So, yeah, it's a bit strange at this point. And another... Uh, thing that my mom and I, we talked yesterday about was um, the fact that this crisis actually can bring the best and the worst out of people. So let's say you're an average person who doesn't really do much, but this crisis then, you know, wakes you up, makes you woke, it makes you understand that you don't have to be selfish, and you cannot be selfish because in those dark times you need to help older people. You need to be conscious that you cannot take away everything from the supermarket. You have to think about others. You have to take care of your family. You have to make sure that your friends and all the people that you care about um, understand that they're not alone. Because we are all closed in our house. We cannot leave. We cannot do anything else. And thank God, I'm actually working from my house as an online teacher, but so many people are actually going to lose financially a lot of money, even though a lot of governments have placed or are actually talking about giving some some money, making some plans to help as many people as they can. But at the same time, you you cannot be greedy, you cannot be, you know, close-minded. So on one point, people can change their mindset and can be very considerate and nice and... Yeah, human, very human. But at the same time, this crisis can also make people do crazy things. I I mean, I don't know how many videos I've seen on the Internet and on social media about American people actually getting, getting out of um, their houses, living completely normal as if the crisis hasn't happened or going to spring break and going to the beach and a lot of people getting together and then spreading the virus even more when they are getting back with their houses or with older people that they have been in contact with. So, yeah, it's, it's a very hectic and very strange moment for all humankind. My mom, lastly, when we had this conversation, we, we just said that this virus will definitely mark a before and after coronavirus and the history of humankind. I mean, there has been, in the past, a lot of plagues, a lot of um, awful diseases and viruses that actually touch human human people. But at the same time, it's the first real time where social media, internet, all the press, all the television, actually um, makes this event even more stronger. It, It sort of duplicates its strength. It sort of showcases even more... Mm, the impact so we are all aware of that somehow i was also talking with my friend one of my friends here um about the fact that uh this problem that we are all facing this life and death situation sort of puts our lives um in in context where you totally understand now what is happening and what is important and what is not and also, I was joking now with a colleague, a um, friend of mine, where sometimes the teachers are to blame because, you know, the kids keep saying to their parents, no, I haven't learned anything or the teacher is bad or "I this is a very bad subject or whatever. And now the parents who have the kids in their house 24-7, they understand, now they totally get it, that their children are not, um, you know, as... Great angels that like they thought they were, and um, teachers are actually good people who are trying to put their kids back on the on the rails, you know, back on track. Um, well, then you know, in my daily life, I don't find it extremely hard to do this to do this confinement, but. I do watch perhaps too many TV shows and yesterday I was talking to my friend Pablo about that. That um let's say you watch a Netflix TV show on a Sunday, and usually a TV show from Netflix is like one hour, one hour long, and you can watch ten episodes in one day. So yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely watching an entire season of any show in one single day. And I've been here, you know, in my house for 10 days. So I have already been able to watch probably almost 10 shows because then the rest of the time I have to clean my house, I have to eat, I have to sleep, and I have to work. But anyway, I love that. Speaking of work, um, so till, till now, I've been giving online virtual classes to university students, to adults in particular classes, and uh, some kids in private classes that I have on my own, and then some group of adults. Uh, this year, I don't have any teenagers, and I'm starting next week, next Monday, um, the group classes of little kids, the ones who we call in, in, in French uh, Panda, and then Puma, so the panda are like uh, six, eight years old, and then the puma are nine, 11 years old. So they're all mixed together depending on their age. So the small ones, the little ones, I have them on Monday and Friday, and then the others, I have them on Wednesday. So, so far I actually had a lot of fun doing the virtual class with adults and the university students because I'm very creative. So talking to another friend of mine on Instagram this time i was just saying that i love creating videos just as a as a natural element when i'm doing this for the magazine and for for the fashion when i'm working on my my businesses but at the same time i'm actually using this skill and putting it together for my classes so i've been doing this um these these projects for for the classes where I'm actually um, recording myself and then doing uh, a video montage on After Effects to do an animation where as if it's my university (laughs) and then you go into my class and you see the the board, you see the tables, and then you see the, the board opening itself, and then you see me like with a green screen, and then, you know, talking to the students and preparing the class, and then showing up with um, exercises, videos, accompanying um, materials, and it's a lot of fun, but tomorrow I'm going to shoot, um, I'm going to be on my set, <laughs> in my living room, <laughs> I'm going to be shooting the the classes for the kids, I don't know yet how it's going to turn out, I hope uh, it's gonna be uh, kick ass, and they're gonna love it. And afterwards, uh, we'll see how they react. But I, I, I think uh, I'm gonna have a lot of fun. I'm trying to emote as much as possible. And my sister and another friend, another friend of mine, showed showed the they saw the videos that I did for the the university students. And then my mom today saw the Spanish classes that I'm preparing. And. All of them were saying, "Gosh, you're so smiley, you're so inviting and warm and and it's not that i'm not like this in my real life but i'm I'm more i don't know if I'm an introvert because I'm actually very social I love to to talk I love to be with people I love to be you know hanging around with my friends a lot of time and but then I love to have my my on my own time my me myself you know i don't i don't like to be too much with people after a moment of time and and then I like yeah just being in in my house and cooking for myself not talking just watching tv drawing I, I like to draw a lot now for the fashion collection that I'm doing um yeah so sometimes it's it's fun to be on my own but then when I'm doing those projects when I'm sort of you know in front of an audience I sort of feel like I'm emoting Tyra Banks, you know. She's always like this. She's like very um, calm and, yeah, cool and collected with with her family and at home. But then when she's performing, when she's on sets, she's literally like a a money-making machine. And she's like, yeah, she's shining. And I sort of feel that when I'm giving a class, whether it's in in real life when I'm in front of people or when now we are forced in those strange circumstances to do the the classes at home with a video and and shooting the sound the music and whatever it's like a performance so I love to actually talk and sort of yeah being bright and shiny and smiley and just like you know engaging with the people and and they love that and so uh now I'm waiting to to see how it's going to be taken uh, by the kids, but I hope they're going to like it. Anyway, uh, what about my other projects? So, as you know, I, I wrote last, uh, well, a few months ago, the short novels, well, the short uh, little, little novels, uh, fantasy, uh, and for kids, for kids and young adults. And so they've been published in French, Spanish, and English. It's very short, it's like 50 pages long, and then since last April, I've been writing this sci-fi novel that I think will be perhaps ready in 2021, so it's gonna take me like almost two years, but um, I love that I actually have a lot of time now to watch a lot of movies, to get a lot of references, to be able to... um, have more imagination to be in contact with more things that are going to let me be even more creative when I'm designing you know the future chapters of the book I already did five I'm planning to do 12 I already the introduction and some of the conclusions that I, I sort of know what the beginning of the story is how it ends and and then I'm sort of going you know um Uh, trying to to be as creative as possible and on the go. I'm I'm sort of going on and sort of feeling attracted with some characters, sort of some dialogues that I hear or that I listen, that I'm going to be sort of using piece bits in here and there and, and sort of including them then afterwards in the dialogue. So I love to have this alone time to actually think and concentrate on the novel as much as possible. So that's that's the first project that I have in at the moment that I'm gonna be very excited about when I, when I can continue. <laughs> Afterwards, I've been designing a fashion line, a collection because, I mean, since I was twelve years old, I've always been fascinated and and passionate about fashion, and I've loved clothes and, and not in a strained kind of way. I just visually feel, this kind of. Excitement, I you can't really explain for people who don't like fashion or who don't like to dress up or don't like clothes. Or it's for me, it's sort of part of part of the culture. And when I was a child, I remember my grandfather used to take me to the museums all the time, and because my parents didn't like that, so my my sort of of the moment weekends uh, escape was to be with my grandfather and to talk about culture, talk about clothes, talk about those things that. I couldn't talk about at my house because they didn't really <laughs> they weren't very really interested. Uh my parents are very um well traveled and very um cultured and but yeah, it fashion wasn't um something that they they sort of feel attracted to. And so from a, a long time ago, as long as I can remember, I, I always thought that I would love to be a designer one day to sort of use this knowledge about fashion and and to create my own brand so I thought it was going to be definitely about men uh, because I wanted to dress myself and I want to be able to dress sort of the next generation of men if you will I mean I think every designer has this kind of dream where we all want to imagine what the future would be and how the next generation of young men and, and men will dress up and will be like um, sort of aspirational message if you will because we all as designers want to make the world better to see the world as um, an essay like an author is writing a book so you use people you use clothes you use uh, materials to tell your story and so yeah definitely excited about this fashion line so I've been drawing the um, the looks and then I took um uh, a stress a uh, very nice stress very uh, accomplished, so, so funny and so warm, and she's from Argentina, and so we work together on this line, and then she she helps me, and when we, we used to go together to buy the fabrics and the buttons and all of these things that you need for, for the clothes... And I'm actually talking in the past because now the collection is finished, but I'm not able to see it by myself or to use it because we are in quarantine. But all the collection, uh, the 10 looks capsule collection is at her home. So hopefully when this madness finishes, I will be able to dress up and uh, to actually use this and to do the photo shoot of the lookbook that I was planning at the beginning of uh, the year to do uh, by the end of March. But so now we have to wait um what else well I also design um jewelry I designed two um very cool uh rings um and uh I hope that the world will see them and they will like it and uh, I'm actually planning already in my head who the model could be and you doing a casting and doing an um yeah look book session about this not an advertising campaign because it's way too much money and we don't have this uh, structure at this point because the brand is just beginning but it's exciting to already have this um fashion collection ready to have the the jewelry ready um and now I'm also designing a swimsuit collection I don't know if by this summer it's going to be ready for a fashion show but it definitely be ready for Um, using it on some models during this, perhaps for a photo shoot at the magazine, and yeah, it's very thrilling, I I just can't wait. (laughs) And speaking of the magazine, um, so this year I'm very excited because we took back all the titles, um, well, besides a few of them, But now I'm actually overseeing them closely and deciding who should be the cover models and who would be the photographer for this or that shoot. And the content now are all together. So it's actually very exciting to see all the collections of photo shoots, photographers, models are now all under one roof. And so yeah, I just can't wait to see how the September issues is going to be. But anyway... So yeah, that's the first uh, podcast that I wanted to do f- during this quarantine, weird coronavirus period. And hopefully if I feel well, good, or if I want to talk about more things, then I will publish more. Anyway, take care of yourself, you guys. And uh, we're going to face this and we're going to fight this and hopefully win. All right. Take care. Peace and light. Bye. Exo, exo, virtual.